Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, increase our faith, hope, and charity, and make us love what you command, so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord says this, Shout with joy for Jacob, hail the chief of nations. Proclaim, praise, shout, the Lord has saved his people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them back from the land of the north, and gather them from the far ends of earth. All of them, the blind and the lame, women with child, women in labour, a great company returning here. They had left in tears, I will comfort them as I lead them back. I will guide them to streams of water. By a smooth path, where they will not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, he seemed like a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, on our lips there were songs. The Lord has done great things for us, we are filled with joy. The heathens themselves said, What marvels the Lord worked for them, what marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. The Lord has done great things for us, we are filled with joy. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage as streams in dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. They go out, they go out, full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. They come back, they come back, full of song, carrying their sheaves. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Every high priest has been taken out of mankind and is appointed to act for men in their relations with God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. And so he can sympathize with those who are ignorant or uncertain because he too lives in the limitations of weakness. That is why he has to make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people. No one takes this honour on himself, but each one is called by God, as Aaron was. Nor did Christ give himself the glory of becoming high priest, but he had it from the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father, and in another text, You are a priest of the order of Melchizedek, and forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Our Saviour Jesus Christ 
has done away with death and brought us life through his gospel. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus left Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting at the side of the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. And many of them scolded him and told him to keep quiet, but he only shouted all the louder, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man. Courage, they said, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and went to Jesus. Then Jesus spoke, What do you want me to do for you? Rabuni, the blind man said to him, Master, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. And immediately his sight returned, and he followed him along the road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this encounter that Jesus has with Bartimaeus, um, it's incredibly beautiful. In Mark's true style, it doesn't use a lot of words, but it's an incredibly instructive story. So on the surface, we see Jesus performing another miracle. Another person healed, another person benefits from the wonderful manifestation of Jesus' divine power. And that's great. But there's a lot more going on in this passage of Mark's gospel than Jesus merely showing everyone what cool tricks he can perform. I think what Mark is doing in presenting this one story to us is to highlight the individual encounter that happens between God and a human person. It's funny, we have this one concrete instance where Jesus meets a guy called Bartimaeus. And, you know, just to drive it home that this is a real someone who has met Jesus, you know, Mark adds this little detail that, hey, Bartimaeus, he's the son of Timaeus. We're talking about someone who's a son, who's got a dad, a concrete place in history, right? And yet, I think from this specific encounter, we see what it means for all of us to meet Jesus personally, one-on-one. So I think the first thing to notice, of course, is that Bartimaeus is blind. And he's begging. Yes, this describes his physical condition, but Mark's also trying to describe the spiritual condition of humanity. We're spiritually blind. We don't see the ways of God. As human beings in the world, we're caught up in our ways of egotism or selfish ambition. We pursue our greed by means of violence and manipulation. And because of this, humanity is blind to the ways of the God of love. The biblical vision of the human person is that he's suffering from a problem that he cannot fix. And that problem is sin. And sin isn't just understood as our series of bad habits, you know, the gossiping that we shouldn't do, the bad thoughts that we shouldn't think about others. No, fundamentally, sin is a condition that infects our minds and our wills. Sin touches on the way that we think about things. It touches on the choices that we make. 
And as a consequence, the more we get wrapped up in sin, the more our minds and our wills are infected by selfishness. We become blinder. If my mind and my will are corrupted, then I can't see things as they are. I lose the true vision of reality. If I can't understand what it means to be good, then out of my ignorance, I don't want to be good. And as a consequence, the decisions that I make won't be towards choosing good things. How can you see when your eye is diseased? The second thing is that Bartimaeus is a beggar. Again, yes, Mark's describing the physical condition of the blind man, but he's also explaining the spiritual condition of humanity. If humanity is infected with the blindness that comes from sin, if our minds and our wills are perverted so that we can't see the ways of God, then we really are stuck. And there's nothing that we can do to change our condition. If I have a problem with my car, then I can apply my mind to fixing the problem. If I have a problem with smoking, then I can apply my will to fixing the problem. But the biblical vision of humanity is that it suffers from sin. Human beings have a problem with the mind and with the will, and hence we can't simply apply the mind and the will to fix the problem. Proverbially, it's like trying to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. We don't have the faculties to fix ourselves. We need to be fixed. We need to be saved. In other words, we're beggars before the one who can save us. We are all Bartimaeus. We are blinded by sin and we have to beg from the one who gives us vision. So Mark's goal in telling the story about this blind beggar is so that we all come to identify ourselves with Bartimaeus because our spiritual condition is not too different from his physical condition. And Mark's goal in telling the story is to help us to understand that we need Christ just as much as Bartimaeus does. So Jesus comes walking through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem in order to suffer his passion. And the blind beggar, he's doing what he does. He's begging. And hearing that it's Jesus of Nazareth passing by, he starts yelling, Have pity on me. Now, Bartimaeus may have shouted this thousands of times from the other people, hoping that they would have pity on him, and give him a handful of coins. But now, at last, Bartimaeus is asking mercy from the right man because Jesus is passing by. All the rest of humanity is helpless before his blindness. But finally, the beggar is begging the right man. And then there's that great moment when the crowd tell Bartimaeus, courage, get up, he's calling you. When Jesus and the blind beggar do come face to face, there's this wonderful moment of encounter. And Jesus asks a rather funny question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Then comes the request from Bartimaeus, Master, let me see again. What we see in this encounter with Jesus is a meeting of two desires. God, who desires to heal And Bartimaeus, who desires to be healed. 
Bartimaeus wants to see. And Jesus wants Bartimaeus to see. There's a beautiful converging of two desires. The beggar is begging, and Jesus, with a heart full of love, he's giving. Now, there's no question that this encounter with Jesus changes the very foundation of Bartimaeus' life. He leaves his place at the gate of Jericho, he leaves his old cloak behind, and he follows Jesus along the way. He now has faith. This encounter with Jesus has inspired faith within Bartimaeus, and it has transformed his life. And so, Jesus says to him, your faith has saved you. So this story of Bartimaeus is really kind of the paradigm of how we come to faith. And so there are two key moments in the story. Bartimaeus knows that he's blind and that he's a beggar. He knows his condition, and he knows that he needs rescuing. The second key moment is his encounter with Jesus, this face-to-face moment when these two desires converge. Jesus' desire to heal and Bartimaeus' desire to be healed. This is the way of faith for the Christian. It starts with us recognising our spiritual condition before God, that we're marked by sin, that our minds and wills need healing from blindness. And this is often the major sticking point for people in our contemporary culture because we place such a huge emphasis on being self-sufficient and capable of solving our own problems. I don't need a saviour because I can save myself. And so I don't see my own blindness. I don't seek or encounter the Jesus who desires to heal. The great gift that Bartimaeus received at the beginning of the story is the knowledge that he's blind And that he's a beggar. And so he's not ashamed to beg for healing from his blindness. Even when the crowd tells him to be quiet. Well, we too need to ask this grace from God that we might know our own blindness to the ways of God. And that we need to beg from him this gift of sight. Now, it's precisely in the encounter with Jesus that Bartimaeus recovers his sight and gains the gift of faith in Jesus. Faith is a journey of illumination as our eyes are opened to the greater encounter with Jesus. And it's right here that we discover the important reality about faith. It comes from an encounter with the Lord. I think a lot of us cradle Catholics, you know, we can take that for granted. We grow up in a Catholic atmosphere and our parents impart the truth of, of the faith to us. But there's a key step that needs to happen as we grow in our relationship with God. The faith of my parents needs to become my faith. It's not just that I believe in him, but that I believe him. And for that, I need an encounter with Jesus of Nazareth. You know, Pope Benedict said in a Wednesday audience in commenting about this uh, particular passage, he says, encountering Christ is not an encounter with a project of life or an idea, but with a living person who transforms our inmost selves, revealing to us our true identity as children of God. 
just like Bartimaeus, we need to come face to face with Jesus and beg him to give us sight. That is, in that face-to-face moment with him, that convergence of desires as Jesus loves and wants to heal us, and that we discover who he is, who we are in his sight. Our eyes are opened. Our world is illuminated by Christ our light. And indeed, this encounter with Jesus transforms our inmost selves, revealing our true identity as children of God. In that encounter with Jesus, we're given the gift of faith. We truly believe, not simply in a set of doctrines, but in him. We have the act of faith, which isn't just the content of faith. So I suppose where converts have the edge on us is that they discover faith precisely in this encounter with Jesus of Nazareth. And having their eyes opened, they follow Christ into the church. But for all of us cradle Catholics, we can take this for granted a little bit. You know, having the semblance of and habits of faith, but without the intense and fiery encounter with Jesus. And so at that Wednesday audience with Pope Benedict, he threw out a challenge. He said, let us ask ourselves, is faith truly the transforming force in our life, in my life? Or is it merely one of the elements that are part of existence without being the crucial one that involves it totally? You know, often for us, faith can end up more of a hobby than as something which shapes and transforms our lives. And if we find ourselves in that spiritual condition, then it's high time to call out to Jesus as he passes by, to beg him for an encounter with him, that he will heal our spiritual blindness. And it then will be our faith that saves us, because from that moment, we will follow Christ with eyes wide open, just like Bartimaeus. Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.